NBA gets going with the regular season upcoming week, and uh, Jared Swirling uh, does a great job covering it for Sports Illustrated. NBA Insider joins us now. Jared, good morning, brother. How are you, man? Hey, guys. How are you? Hanging in there, Jared. How are you? Man, it's crazy, right? You know, the season starts uh, 10 days, almost 10 days early this year. It's crazy. No? It is a little crazy, although I love it because if it does have the intended result, which is uh, the NBA believes if they stretch out the schedule a little more, give guys a few more days off in between games, maybe they won't get as many DNP, did yeah. not play rest, <laughs> did not play old. Trying to eliminate that talking point from last year in the regular season. Jared, do you think I it's going to work? I think guys just want to spend more days in uh, each city, right? Yeah. Before, get a nice dinner in, go out to the nightclub. What do you think? No doubt. <laughs> right? good. That's, that's what really the real reason is now. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. You know, I, I think, um, uh, you know, for teams that are heavy loaded with great benches, they're, they're not going to worry about the rest. You know, the Cavs, look at LeBron, you know, playing with Dwayne Wake, you know, Derek Rose, Isaiah Thomas when he gets back. So those, those kind of teams will have, a you know, good rest and not as many minutes, uh, you know, up front. So, but – you know, teams that have that are heavy, uh, heavy loaded up front. You know, with Paul George, uh, Carmelo Anthony, those kind of teams. I'm curious to see how you know that that works out for them long term. It should be a better benefit with the uh, less of less of the back to backs. But um, yeah, I, I think it's been a hot topic. The rest, um, you know, the injuries. You know, you look at the ACL tears the last couple of years. So, you know, hopefully um, it gives better competition. Uh, you know, across the board. You know, I, I think that the, the NBA right now, the offenses are are so good with the three point shooting and the spread offenses now so you know can can teams defend and that, that's going to be something that's going to really be the key i think in the sense of this whole this whole system jared maggie and i discussed it earlier on i want to get your perspective why do you think competitive balance doesn't affect the popularity of the nba the growth of the nba where you know, you, you look at it right now golden state is an overwhelming favorite to win another nba title um uh, but people are still into it why do you think that is well, the NBA is based on individual player marketing, and there's a lot of top talent right now, not just the superstars that are established, but the guys that are coming up. Giannis Santiucopo and Lonzo Ball was a great rookie class this year. The offseason buzz was very high with guys switching new teams. Uh, the guys are going to, to uh, you know, the global games every year more and more. They're playing in Mexico City, and, and they're going to new cities. You know, the NBA is expanding. Even ESPN signed recently a new deal. Uh, with with uh, you know, Philippines of broadcasting to expand there, obviously with Jordan Clarkson being a big draw there. So, um, you know, the NBA has a lot of top talent, you know, very, very deep, and it's exciting. You know, you see also the positions now are changing. You see more stretch fours, more stretch fives, like KD and Giannis, Carl Anthony Towns. So uh, it's more positionless basketball. It's more up and down, like I was saying before, uh, a lot more three-point shots. It's exciting. You know, the, the, the game is played at a faster pace, so no matter who you're really watching – even the Suns with Devin Booker, you're still going to see a great performance uh, from Devin, and, and maybe down the stretch he'll win a game for you with a, with a big game-winning shot. So all that factors in. Also, the off-the-court, the personalities of the guys with social media, uh, they're expressing themselves differently with fashion and, and humor. You see Joel Embiid. Uh, guys are you know crossing over, are, are the crossing over to new businesses, new interests that we haven't seen uh, from individual player marketing. So it all really uh, bodes very well for the NBA. You know, one small anecdote, and uh, we're talking with Jared Zwirling, who's working with us over at Sports Illustrated now as one of our insiders. It's, we're happy to have him. Um, one of the things I noticed, this is just personal anecdote, I was at LAX airport, and I was waiting in the security line, and Devin Booker happened to be like a couple of people in front of me. The whole crowd, and this was like a packed LAX security uh, part, you know, gate, 
everyone knew who he was. It was like everyone was chitter chattering about, hey, oh my God, it's Devin Booker. I'm like, how do you guys all know Devin Booker? Yes, he's towering over us, but still, it's not like it's Shaq or, you know, someone like that. Um, Jared, you know, interesting, right? We're talking about how parity and and competitive balance actually is not hurting the NBA in terms of popularity. Yet you have Michael Jordan who comes out in this cigar aficionado interview and says that he thinks that the super teams are bad for business. I mean, he would know, right? He's an owner of an NBA team. Why do you think he said it was bad for business? Well, I mean, I think he's talking about just from a revenue standpoint. You know, you saw the numbers this past year. You know, half the NBA lost money. Um, and that has a lot to do with the, the market and, uh, you know, that they're putting on the court, you know, as far as the, the type of talent. So it's definitely something that, that teams are, and owners are, are really looking at. And it's, uh, it's difficult. You know, the NBA is a friendship league in many ways. Guys build friendships from AAU basketball. And as free agency comes, guys want to start playing with each other. And that's really a, a key thing. Uh, with the NBA, and it's it's really more of a player league in many ways than an owner league. Uh, so owners are fighting more to get top talents in certain cities. You know, the Utah Jazz, as well as as good as they were years ago, you know, Gordon Hayward leaves, and you know, they're, 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 these kind of markets are sometimes stuck with uh, uh, not having the right talent to kind of build around. So it's it's a it's a friendship league, and owners are worried about where guys are going. Players have more control now; they're getting higher salaries. Uh, they're really commanding the free agent market more than ever. I, I, obviously, we're seeing that Joel Embiid plays 31 games, gets 140 plus million a year. So that, that's how it is. And you know, owners are thinking more about how they have to develop their rosters. You know, more in-house development, more player development, uh, higher younger coaches, higher. Uh, you know, let let guys stay in, in their cities more during the offseason to, to train, to build uh, that camaraderie. And also, teams are thinking about the facilities. You're seeing a lot more new arenas. You're seeing a lot more new practice centers closer to arenas because owners are now starting to think about how do we keep guys happy in the same city. But at the end of the day, it's it's been difficult for for owners to build like that. Jared, as this season gets going, there's a lot of interesting storylines across the league. Give me your top three storylines that you're most intrigued with at the start of the NBA season. Well, I think at the top, you know, you look at the Thunder with now Carmelo and Paul George, you know, is that enough to, you know, push uh, push them to the finals? You know, uh, as we've seen in the past, sometimes our first year together, there's definitely a lot of ups and downs, and that, that continuity is hard to develop right away. Uh, their bench is, is very weak. Uh, it's a younger bench, so that's one thing, you know, can the Thunder really get to that second seed and maybe do some noise in the playoffs Um you know, I, I would say the Rockets, can they also maintain, uh, you know, their consistency from last year? Now with Chris Paul, they shoot a lot of threes, and it's a dangerous offense. But they can, can they get back in transition and defend? It, you know, it's going to be a lot of long rebounds in Houston with those long three-point shots. So, you know, if they can counter that with Chris Paul as a great ball-hawking ball point guard setting the tempo defensively, you know, they could also be an interesting team. they got to defend the playoffs, and they got to be able to, uh, you know, just get, get that get that rhythm going from offense to defense. And, I know I'm sticking out west, but I got to go with the Timberwolves. I think now you have Jimmy Butler there. You got Jamal Crawford, Jeff T, uh, Andrew Wiggins, a brand new contract. Carl Anthony Towns can be a, can, can he be a first time All Star? Second year under Tibbs, so obviously you're going to see potentially a better defensive team there. So I'm wondering if they're going to finish in the top five in the West. So the West is heavy stacked. So I'm curious to see where these teams end up uh, down the stretch and can they actually you know fight to the playoffs and and try to make a run at the Warriors. The only the only storyline out, out east is the Cavs. You know, they're retooled, they're deeper at the guard position, which is a great addition for me because the Warriors want to play fast. They want to play that up-tempo from defense to offense. And with the Cavs now having more guard play, they have a better pace system. Last year, you know, the, the, the Cavaliers did a lot of isolation basketball with Kyrie on one end, LeBron on the other end. But now the Cavs have a chance to really play that pace and potentially 
uh, counter the Warriors' speed. So I'm curious how that could how could that could play out this season. We're talking with Jared Swirling. He's an NBA insider for Sports Illustrated. Uh, I would also put Boston in there. I feel like Boston's really interesting just because you know you look at how much that team has changed over. Now it's Hayward and it's Kyrie Irving, it's Marcus Morris, it's Tatum. You lost Thomas. You lost Crowder. You lost Avery Badley. You lost even Kelly Olynyk. I mean. One thing Isaiah Thomas said in his piece with Lee Jenkins that was in the SI um, preview edition was Isaiah Thomas said to Boston, I'll always have love for them, but they lost their heart and soul. And that, you know, in a, in a, in a league that's driven by analytics and numbers for the most part, it seems kind of interesting for someone to bring up heart and soul. But, Jared, I mean, wh- what do you envision for this Boston Celtics team, and can they actually push the Cavs? Well, first of all, first of all, they have a smart coach in Brad Stevens, so they're going to be prepared every single night. And that's the thing with the Eastern Conference. There's a lot of good young coaches in the East. Eric Spolstra, Mike Blunholzer, Jason Kidd. So even though the East is weaker than the West, there's going to be a lot of uh, hard-fought nights from the Eastern Conference. They're going to come out very well prepared to play and fight and battle. So it's going to be the same thing with the Boston Celtics. I have some questions. One of the first questions, Kyrie Irving now, is going to be a leader. You know, in, in Cleveland, it was LeBron. LeBron was the guy. LeBron was the guy, you know, really being audible in timeouts and, and really setting the tempo there. Kyrie's now going to have to be that guy in Boston in film sessions on the team bus, on the team plane, in timeouts. So curious how that transition works. You lose Avery Bradley, like you said, Maggie, and Jay Crowder, uh, which is obviously the heart and soul of that Boston team. That that's, Boston is known for, for rugged defense, and those two guys really, really, really were the uh, example of that. So, curious how they can defend. I, I'm, I'm also curious to see, because they have a lack of size. Al Horford at forward center position, a uh, good player, but, you know, in, in, in offenses now, you need a lot of good screeners. That's why the Warriors are so good with JaVale McGee and Gaza Pachulia. And, you know, they're able to really get very good screening there for, you know, cross-court action, uh, uh, you know, drag screen, stuff like that. Uh, you know, I'm curious how the, how the Celtics will work offensively without a lot of screeners. You know, can they develop a good offensive flow that's not so, so heavy isolation basketball? So if Kyrie wants to play pick and roll a lot, who is going to be his pick and pop guy? Who's going to be his guy that's going to run uh, and finish at the rim? They don't really have a finisher like that, an athletic big. So I have some questions, but I, I do think, you know, they, they have a, you know, a, lot, a lot of nice young talent now with Kyrie and Gord. They're going to be very well coached. So uh, they'll make a run for sure. Jared, we have about a minute left. How big of a storyline do you think, or a uh, distraction, will LeBron potentially leaving Cleveland after the season be during this season? You know, as, as far as potentially going to another market? Yeah. Uh, man, you know, I, I think if the Cavaliers struggle at all, it'll come up. Um, you know, right now the focus is this team. I mean, you saw Derek Rose last night with the crossover finish against the Magic. Dwayne Wade hitting these crazy shots. Man, they look... It looks scary, man. LeBron's not even playing right now with that sore left ankle. So right, right now the focus is on how deep this team is, how how deep this team is, and how you know, Derek and and uh, and Dwayne and these guys are playing well, you know, around LeBron. And then sure. Isaiah Thomas comes back. I think the bigger storyline right now will be Isaiah Thomas when he's going to be returning. That's the focus right now is how retooled this team is. I'm not worried about that question coming up. Um, they're a better team, you know. That question will come up obviously more when they struggle, but. LeBron, you know, you know LeBron. He's smart. He's very open with reporters now. You saw his press came, uh, his, his press conference to open up media day. He's very different now. He's open. He's funny. He keeps it real. So even if he gets those questions, he's going to have fun with it. He's going to have fun with it with reporters. He's a different LeBron now. Uh, much more media, much more media friendly it's, these days. He, Jared, good he, stuff, he brother. embraced the bald head, and I feel like now he's a whole new him. You yes. know? it's like he can just be his true self. Oh yeah, That's it. Jared, thank you. No problem, guys. Have a great day.